0: Music mm-hmm. Welcome to the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us, however you are, large device or small. Today's guest, Justin Rogers, coming off a big win against Marietta. He's the head coach of the Calhoun County Packers. Cannot wait to talk to
1: him. So how's the studio?
0: Wait, John, you're not here.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, I, I guess I am in two dimensions, maybe not necessarily three. So how does it look?
0: I'm sitting right next to you. I didn't realize you were here.
1: I'm I'm that much of a I have that much of a personality, huh? <laughs>
0: the cardboard cutout is fantastic, John. For those who are not watching it's, on the video version, you so must it, you're, so
1: you're saying that the cardboard <laughs> cutout has more life than I do in real life. I see how this works.
0: See, I was wondering because you're kind of relaxed kind of laid back, a little disheveled today. So I was wondering if you were not feeling so well, but but well, now no, I, I, I realize I, you're not I here. Am,
1: I am disheveled. I will grant you that <laughs> because of what's going on, uh, being in two places at once. And thanks to uh, Sandy Sandy and uh, Jahi the Magnificent and uh, King James, who is helping us out, as always, every single week with the show. I am in, as we're talking, Fitzgerald, Georgia, in the middle of day one of the southern swing and so doing two things at once you've got uh, you've got the con up there with uh, with commander sandy jahi the magnificent and king james and you're you're running the show while i am in two places at once this week
0: how has southern swing been i've seen some pictures on social media of you all over the place so give us an update on where you've been and what you've seen
1: it's been pretty good so far. Our first stop was Rochelle, Georgia, to catch up with Wilcox County and the Stowe Show, and there are now three Stowe's, uh, one, two, actually four Stowe's. It's uh, two of the Rob Stowe's uh, children, or kids are on the roster, and he's also got uh, one of the, his other sons is now a, a student coach is there as well, so it's fun to catch up with everybody there in Rochelle. We just caught up with Tucker Pruitt and Fitzgerald, and now we are on our way to Oscilla to catch up with uh, Casey Soliday and Irwin County as we're talking, and then we have one, two, three, four, about another six stops before the end of the day goes here. And uh, we're in good, a good start so far, good to catch up with folks, and they're, and they're really happy to see us and see a GPB down here in South Georgia.
0: I wish you could see this, because every time you talk, they ISO you in the camera. <laughs> well, they should. <laughs> I can't take this seriously at all. This is amazing. Um Well, then why don't
1: you just toss to the interview that way you can get a good laugh in.
0: <laughs> not yet, John. I'm not done with you yet. I hear buckles, I hear car doors. I also heard you're getting recognized on the road. Tell tell the fans tell, tell the John Nelson fans the story.
1: Oh, well, I mean, it's it's just it's so it's so funny when Uh, people. They'll sit there and they'll drive past you and they'll point and then a little and go. Oh, I know you. And then you get. uh, I know that face. I know that face. Yeah, and it's in three dimensions. It's not a cardboard cutout. It's the actual real deal. And so no, it's been it's been fun to to see folks as well, and uh, you know just kind of see everybody. And I know that we're in week one, headed toward week two of the regular season and uh, figure out where we're going and and get uh, directions electronically and figure out where we go place to place. But uh, tomorrow, as we're talking, it'll be the Wiregrass. And then uh, day three, we'll be heading back toward Atlanta. So we should be back in uh, uh, late Wednesday night with, uh, I think, another 850 or 900 miles put on the van by the time we're done. It'll be fun.
0: Nice. I can't wait to get to editing these videos and getting them out on our social <laughs> platform. It's so much fun. So much more work for me. I'm just kidding. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, last thing about your Southern Swing. Where do you plan on eating? Okay, I need the Guy Fieri version when you get back. Any stops you guys are looking forward to?
1: Well, let's see. Flavortown initially for Wes was a, a chicken restaurant here in Fitzgerald, because of course, you know, when you're in Fitzgerald, you have to do the, the thing where, where you're talking about chicken. Oh, yeah. Uh, Valdosta, Valdosta tonight, as we're talking, might be something fairly plain because I think we'll probably be on the verge of collapse by the time we get to the hotel. Uh, and then uh, lunch tomorrow might be Waycross. I'm okay. thinking Waycross or Blackshear, somewhere in there. Uh, and then dinner will be in Brunswick where we will have done another uh, 10 or 11 hour day. And once again, get your food, go to the hotel room and collapse. And uh, Lunch might be done Wednesday on our way home. So those are the cities that I'm anticipating in this connect the dots version of what's going on.
0: Nice. I cannot wait to hear all about it. All right. I want to talk about some big upsets from week one. But before we do that, Sandy has some congratulations in order for you, John. Uh
1: you know speaking of big upsets
2: and since i do give john a hard time about this i wanted to give a shout out to his lakeside atlanta squad for the big win yes
1: we beat burkmar i know (laughs) it
0: 27 game losing streak comes to an end so congrats to lakeside on
1: that i saw that and i was like we beat burkmar and we've got one on the board although uh Lassiter, however, mm.
0: lost. Womp womp. Lakeside, twenty-one to twelve. That's more points than they scored all season last year, and Lassiter falls to River Ridge, thirty-five to sixteen. Uh huh. So one of the
1: best running backs in the state, Amir Morrison. So that's uh, that's what you're looking at with that. So that'll
0: be fun. Well, at least one of us got the win. We should have some sort <laughs> of like. F- fun bet with whoever's team wins the most games at the end of the season we'll have to we'll have to come up with something fun
1: see but the thing is this could be this could be tilted because of commander sandy and her decatur Mm -hmm. uh you know and his particular school and then king james so i don't know that if uh all of us are involved then it's probably going to be uh commander sandy winning and then the rest of us having to do something
0: i know I know. We can just go ahead and give you the win, Sandy, on that one. <laughs> All right. Week one is in the books. No more week zero. Right, John? It's official. No more week zero. It is
1: official. It uh, is Week one was week one, so we're no no longer talking week zero. So week one has passed as we get ready for week two.
0: Major GBB poll shakeups. By far the biggest surprise was the defending 7A state champs Grayson losing to Creekside 19-14. to With that, the Seminoles move up in the polls. Grayson did lose 25 college scholarship seniors off last year's championship Mm -hmm. team. John, thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, you've got that one. You've got... Uh, Pierce County losing to Brunswick but once again you're talking Mm -hmm. I think 3A and 5A and don't be surprised sorry 6A where Brunswick is concerned don't be surprised if Brunswick makes it into the polls this week and then uh, Prince Avenue lost to Calvary Day. Calvary Day remember made it into I want to say game 13 last year for them so great run for them and they've continued their work down there on the coast who once again lost Brock Vandegrift and uh, a lot of other folks there as seniors so big wins for them as well as they're they're heading into a uh, week twos and and game twos across the board
0: one more for me jefferson posted an impressive 22 to 13 win over number 2 raven county dragons got a big game from newcomer commerce transfer sammy brown who earlier in the week had been ranked by 247 sports as the overall number 5 national prospect in the country and the number 1 sophomore lb in the nation john
1: downtown sammy brown 79 mm-hmm. yard touchdown run after uh, Raven County had a 7-0 lead, and then uh, all uh, Malachi Starks had to do was uh, toss <laughs> toss pitch right, and 79 yards later, downtown Sammy Brown makes it 7-7. And then in the second quarter, it was uh, two quick scores, and it was 22-7 at the break, ended up 22-13 final. I give uh, head coach Gene Cathcart and the uh, Jefferson Dragons a lot of credit for taking the air out of the ball yeah. and not really allowing Gunnar Stockton and Rabin County any kind of rhythm really you know the numbers that you're not used to seeing when it comes to uh you know when it comes to a a gunner stockton kind of night where gunner only goes 10 of 19 for 136 and he only rushed for 59 yards or 56 yards so you're looking at 195 yards total offense from gunner stockton on the night so great work defensively by Jefferson and then offensively taking the air out of the ball and playing keep away for a lot of the night.
0: Slowing down Gunner is not easy. All right, one team that did not get upset, the Colquitt County Packers. And Justin Rogers is our guest this week. Let's get right to it. Let's talk to him.
1: So, Coach, first question, you come back from being down 12-0 to beat Marietta 28-25. What are some of your takeaways in the overall now that you've had a couple of days to look at
2: uh, biggest takeaway is just um just how proud I am of our group. We uh we got a young team this year. we we've got six sophomores starting on offense. Uh, we've got some seniors on defense, but it's the first year starting, uh, first time kind of being in those moments. And so you can see the, you know, inexperience a little bit early in that game in the first quarter, but uh, I just love the tenacity they had and the fact that they just didn't give up on each other. They continued to play hard and love each other. And uh, found a way to win a game in a tough, you know, on the road in a tough environment. And uh, that's the biggest thing. You just kind of see them galvanize together and uh, continue to chip away at that thing. And so I'm I'm extremely proud of them because this is a, a real young team we've got.
0: Yeah, trailed twelve nothing in the first quarter. Like John said, eighteen to seven in the third. A couple of your playmakers stepped up. You had running back Charlie Pace rush for one hundred and twenty-seven yards on twenty-nine carries. Sophomore quarterback Nico Fan made his first start. He was eight of sixteen passing for ninety-nine yards. What was the biggest difference in the game, and what did you think about some of your playmakers making some moves?
2: Yeah, biggest difference in the game, which is turnovers. I thought I thought um, you know right there about, about middle of the second quarter and definitely in the third quarter I thought our defense did an unbelievable job getting after their quarterback. Um, I'm telling you right now that quarterback from Marietta is really really good, and um, and I thought we did a good job of kind of making him uncomfortable, moving it off the pocket. We were able to force a turnover there on a speed option with him and get a scoop and score, and then we came back and was able to block a punt. And so being able to you know kind of win the turnover battle there three to one. Uh, And and not only win it, but then get two scores off of it and find the ways to score unconventionally as our offense continues to grow. That was the biggest deal there.
1: So when you look at this spring and summer and getting ready for this season, how normal was it? Or what was it like to get back to this new normal when it comes to getting ready for football seasons for you?
2: Yeah, it felt good. I mean, it did. The summer... I'm going to tell you, the summer felt normal. I mean, it really felt normal. Um, everything went really well. We was able to go and, and get on campuses. You know, we went to Troy, went to Auburn for seven-on-sevens. We hosted a bunch. We had both our shoulder pad camps. Um, the summer was great, and it felt normal. Now, you know, you use the term new normal because when school started, I think we all – kind of got slapped right back in the face a little bit because this thing all of a sudden spiked back up on everybody, right? But, you know, the summer, you you didn't deal with it near as much. But now that school started, it's come back, and, you know, we're having some issues. We're having to deal with it. But now summer was great.
0: So summer back to normal, but things are getting a little shaky now. Things were certainly shaky last season. What did you learn about yourself as a coach last year going through an unprecedented pandemic?
2: Well, the big thing I learned is yeah, stress causes gray hairs because I got a lot more <laughs> of them. But um, that, that'd be one thing. But, now nah, you know, you just you practice what you preach. I mean, that's what I think all football coaches had to do. I mean, what do we tell these kids, you know, of understanding how to respond to adversity, be able to, to make adjustments, be able to control the controllables, right? You know, all those those little things that we want to teach our team about – how to become a man, and how to do things. Well, we had to practice what we preached last year because there were so many things that we didn't control. There were so many things that were outside of our wheelhouse that we had to accept and, and just be able to deal with them. We got shut down twice last year. And nothing I could do about it. And so you just adjust, re, refocus, regroup, and and control the things you can. And, and we're dealing with it now. I mean, I had, I had two guys. I've had a starter, uh, two starters, rather, um, out last week against Marietta that were you know quarantined and it just is look I got another one's going to be out this week you know quarantined and so uh, starter and it but I, this year I tell you what I'm doing this year I ain't worried as much I stressed over a little bit last year uh, this year it is what it is and everybody's dealing with it and so next man approach but I think the biggest thing all of us coaches learned is is just being able to practice what we preach be able to control those controllables and be able to just keep the main thing, the main thing, and focus as we're going through this pandemic, because everybody's dealing with it.
1: When it comes to your non-region schedule, and because, and I guess this will be a two-part question for me as we go here, when it comes to being in one of the toughest regions in the state, if not the southeast, and really if not the country, and then, having to schedule all of these non-region games and make sure at the same time that you're as healthy as you can be going into this region schedule of yours, how challenging is it to be in a region really a mini region where everything is amplified
2: yeah uh, that's, that's a really good question because it it's tough now. I mean you know you're gonna you're gonna have that three game gauntlet you know in our region. And so you gotta go find seven games, and so it ain't anybody knocking at the door to play you now. And so, no, uh, (laughs) no, some of them dodging phone calls, but uh, it's um, it's (laughs) tough. But now this year we really heavy front loaded our schedule. uh, The last two years, and we didn't get to play it all last year. But you know, coming in with a Marietta, a Westlake, a Cedar Grove, and a Valdosta, I mean that's going to be heavily front loaded. And so those four games were designed to really make us grow up find out, answer questions, because those are good, good teams. And so you're going to leave with answers. You hope you you, know, you like the answers, but you're going to leave with answers to things because of how good they are. And then uh, we try to go to that middle three, which we got a really good program in Northside, to Robins with a lot of tradition there um, to be able to go to right there. And then you've got two games to kind of try to hopefully – because like you said – you can't go out there and play everybody like that because you won't be healthy for region, right? And so we've got some teams that that we hope that we can kind of kind of go in and do well against to, to kind of get back health because it's just when you play this caliber of teams, it's just so physical it wears on your depth. Um, and then we we have that buy right we take a buy right before the region to try to heal up any bangs and bruises. Uh, before we get into that South Georgia schedule. But we're hoping next year when we do our schedule, we want to get more of a South Georgia feel to it and continue to add more South Georgia teams that we're playing.
0: You come home for your first home game this Friday. It is a non-region game. You've got a couple of non-region games in a row before you get to that region play, like you said. Westlake, how are you preparing for them? What are your expectations?
2: <laughs> My expectations are they got a lot of two X. And three X jerseys in their repertoire. <laughs> oh man! Uh, oh my God! They are huge. That's one of the biggest teams I think I've ever seen. Um, they're huge. They're big. Um, there ain't no doubt. And so they'll they're gonna be a tough, tough, tough task. Um, glad we're playing in the hog pen. Ain't no doubt about that. Now, yeah, you know, we love that we're playing here at home and not having to make that trip up north. But uh, Atlanta's gonna be a tough, tough, tough one out because they're they're so huge on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, just not only uh, size-wise, but length, too. They're tall. And then the quarterback, I mean, we faced a great quarterback last week. We're going to face another good one. I mean, he is really, really good. Had a great year last year. And that's that's one thing you got to say is they know how to win. I mean, they had a great year last year. They know how to win football games. They know what it takes. And so you're not going to come in here and intimidate them. They're, they're going to be ready to play. And, and they've knocked off some really good teams and so they're going to be tough for us. And it's just going to be trying to take away the big plays. Try not to let them get those big chunk plays with that running back and receiving game that They had the quarterback was involved with and every, every touchdown they scored against Archer, you know, whether he threw it or ran it. And so, um, so yeah, they're, they're going to be tough and they are going to be large boy. Whew. Well,
1: and you mentioned those two X's and those three X's and they're going up against your, your young pups. And I mean, and that's, I guess another dynamic of this early, non-region, very tough schedule is that you want them to grow into their roles, and they're having to do that first week against Marietta, where they're having to learn how to come from behind. and this game against Westlake, they're going up against guys. I mean, it's safe to say, Coach, that those two X's and three X's are bigger than your 16-year-olds in a lot of cases. I mean, it's a different set of challenges going week to week here.
2: And they gonna be a little bit bigger than our five foot eleven, hundred and seventy pound Mike linebacker. You know, and so <laughs> yeah. ain't no doubt. I mean they are gonna swallow him. But that's but that's where the tradition, that's where the pride I mean you gotta remember now one thing about all boys is they grew up their whole life wanting to put on this black and gold.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: it, it means something, it's important. And um and they want to play in that hog pen and they wanted to be a Packer their entire life. And it's just awesome to watch the tenacity and the heart and the effort that they play with. And again, so that's what that's what we've got to do. We're gonna have to go out there and go harder longer. We're gonna have to go out there and just play more with with better effort. I and um and then we just kind of sacrifice our bodies. Uh, to be able to get out there and get that done, but but these guys do that because it just it means so much. This this tradition, this these these kids that grow up in this town, and so th- that's where that pride. When you're you're out out mad, that pride has to step up.
0: Well, this is your third season as a Packer. Do you feel like you've finally settled in? I, I feel the passion in your voice now. Um, how does it feel, and, and what things have you learned most about the team and the town?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, we're close. To, yeah, we're settling in for sure, no doubt. You know, going into year three, anywhere you start settling in. Last year, it's almost like it put everything on pause because you couldn't you couldn't do as much in the community and and be involved as much as we'd like to have been. And so it was kind of a a weird year to be able to kind of continue to 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 be. Involved in this community, but the biggest thing you know, what have I learned in three years being here? Is man, it it just means more. It just simply means more down here. Uh, the 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 community, the fan support, the the people here, they love the Packers, and that ain't no new love now. That's that's <laughs> a love that goes back a long, long time, and uh, they they care for this team. They care for the the growth of these young men and it's just a great great small town down here in south georgia and um and so that's the biggest thing and then we've got a great staff you know so we we put together you know now you uh, going into year 3 we've been able to put together a really good group of men and a good staff and so the biggest thing is you, you ain't got to do it by yourself because here you're able to put together a good staff and so i just drew the short straw to be, get to be the head coach but it's it's by no means a one man <laughs> show down here we we got a unbelievable staff and so you know, being able to lean on them and, and being able to allow them to have so much influence and input because we've got a wealth of knowledge.
1: All right. So since you're apparently looking at my notes, uh, my who, next me? question <laughs> was going <laughs> no, to, oh, no, okay. co- no, coach, looking at my notes. It's like, all right. So my next question has to do with that staff and bringing in someone like an Ashley Anders, who has been through the head coach wars in South Georgia with his time at TIFFT. And have and I've got to get my voice prepared for this next name here. All right, Alan Rodemaker, having you know, having a Rod there as a, as a part of this. I mean, this is this is experience on experience on experience that you have helping you out now. Uh, in addition to the coaches that have been there with you, I mean, you're you're adding some heavyweight names who know what it's like in these communities and what football means. It's it's at that added dimension that you have bringing guys like this in this year.
2: Yeah, ain't no doubt. I mean, and and, it, and this is such a huge year to have that because, I mean, if you're going to play with a young team that doesn't have experience, let's make sure we got a staff that does have experience, right, that they can lean on. And um, so we've been blessed now to be able to put together a, a, a great group of coaches. Uh, what people don't realize, we have seven coaches on our staff that have head coaching experience that have been a head coach. And so uh, obviously you hit on, you know, Coach Rod, Alan Rodemaker, and, um, and he is—he you know, came on last year. He was on D.C. last year and made a huge influence on our defense and, and on our football team. And I say that, our football team, because obviously he does a great job running our defense, but, I mean, he, he does. He just makes an impact in the weight room and our program with all of our guys because he has been there, done that, has the experience, and just a great guy. And, again, like you said, had the greatest coaching voice ever. And, uh, <laughs> He's got you know, the greatest so coaching
1: not. voice. You just need to tell him. You just need to ask him. He's got that great coaching voice.
2: I know it, man. It's awesome. <laughs> everybody's got their rod impersonations, right? Like everybody's got got to be able to do a rod impersonation when you get to know him. But then this year <laughs> is when we were able to really add some heavy hitters. And so we we obviously, you already talked about Ashley Anders, uh, the head coach at TIFT, uh, man, been in college, coached at Valhalla State, Murray State, Georgia uh, Southern as the um, D.C., uh, just so much experience with Coach Anders, uh, been around this game for many, many, many years, knows this region. And so when everything happened there, I mean, it was a quick phone call for me, like, hey, brother, I got a spot for you. You go look and see, but, you know, just know this is where you need to be at. And we tried to pursue him hard to get him and was able to do it. And then uh, Byron Slack. Yes. I mean, by, people don't realize the heavy hitter Byron Slack is. Uh, he's our assistant head coach. Uh, he's my right-hand man. I love Coach Slack. He was the head coach at Hillgrove last year, and many people know him for his heyday as the D.C. at uh, Lounge and Camden for all those runs. Uh, when they played the state title, I mean, Lowndes' defense that last year, he was there, was still one of the best defenses I've ever went against. And um, Byron Slack is impactful. He's an impactful man on the uh, youth and of our program, and our kids. Um, heck, he's, he's impactful on me because he's just such a great person, too. And uh, he's a great football coach with a lot of years, of experience. People don't realize he was an assistant strength and conditioning coach back in the day at Auburn, and and uh, he has done so many great things and great programs. And so he's huge to have. And so and then we added and uh, he's on our ninth-grade staff and runs the offense for them, but he helps us on Friday nights a lot and Sundays. Is uh, people don't probably know this, Bill Shaver, Coach Shaver, oh, wow. Bill Shaver, head coach from Thomas County Central. Wow. And so he's on our staff. So we've added him to our staff. He runs our ninth grade program, and and he has been a great person for me to lean on, and again, ask stuff. And so you've got a lot of, lot of head coaches on this staff that have been a Coach Coach Hansen and Joe Thornton has too. So I remember when I played together, having some coaching buddies of mine call me. And say, so, you know, man, coach, I see where you've hired all these guys, and you're a little nervous having all these egos in the room, and all these former head coaches in the room, and you know, and and I wasn't at the time because I'm just not that way anyway. But then when I got them in here and we got to working together, man, it ain't. I mean, it it just slid in together just like a a little nice puzzle because all of these guys are great men. They're just great men and great people. They ain't got no egos. They just want to impact kids and win football games and that's it. And so it's, it's been easy. It's been so easy and it's been very refreshing. It's been a lot of fun. And so, uh, going through, you know, this year, you know, as we were starting off with this young team, it's just, you know, that they're well coached. You know, they're going to be playing. And so it makes it a lot easier to watch them grow up and all, but when you have a staff like this, you can lean on.
0: With that being said, you've made it to the second round of playoffs your first year there, quarterfinals last season. With all of these former head coaches, is the pressure on to make a championship run this year? How do you feel about
2: that? Uh, You do realize I'm at Colquhoun County, right?
0: (laughs) I mean, is there even more pressure? The pressure's on every year. Do you have beads of sweat? Yeah, the
2: pressure's on every year, and uh, that's how this place is, Uh, but... That's what makes it fun. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what makes South Georgia football so great because the expectations are high, and you want that. You want to be at a place that expects things, that wants to be great, and wants to be in the talk to win a state title every year and be a legitimate contender. Uh, we loved our chances last year. Unfortunately, our quarterback got hurt the last game of the year, uh, and so we didn't have Xavier. Um, and so we, you know, I really hate that one happened because I, I like, I love that team. I thought they had a great shot at it. But, no, I I think with this staff um, involved in these young people, I think that's very much you're going to continue to improve and improve and improve. And and when you're at Colquitt, you're going to be in that discussion every year, and you ought to be and you should be, and that should be the goal.
1: Well, Coach, as always, it's great to catch up with you and get the early returns for what's going on down there in Moultrie. Uh, Obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on what's going on at Cockwood County. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. And I'm sorry that you had to deal with the cardboard cutout version of me there in the (laughs) studio in Atlanta.
2: Ain't no problem, man. I I appreciate y'all. And just... Again, just what a great thing that you guys do there at GPB. And, John, what you've done for so many years, just promoting how good high school football is in this state. You know, and I know it's going to sound like I'm a homer, but I'm just telling you, it's the best. I'm from Alabama, and I came to Georgia. Because Greenville, Alabama, yeah. That's right. I came here because how good high school football is in this state, and it's because people like you guys that just promote it to so people can see how good a, good a state it is for high school football. So thank you.
0: Always great to hear from coach Rogers he always has such informative things to say and and John I've really enjoyed your company throughout this show and the interview you know it's been it's been fun
1: yeah and it's also I, I look like I'm an old high school football coach with the headset on <laughs> and the, and the hat mm-hmm. I, I, I swear I'm about to bark out some kind of a defensive formation. <laughs> Uh, you know, that, was, uh, that was one of the things I give everybody there at GPB a lot of credit for, uh, for, for gussying me up in two dimensions uh, to make sure that I'm still in my chair as a part of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. But uh, great games coming up here in week two, a lot of uh, programming across GPB and all of the networks. You've got a uh, countdown to kickoff coming up Thursday at noon where we get to ask the insightful question what's for lunch? Get to talk about a lot of the great games that are going to be going on around the state this week, and recruiting twenty twenty one will uh, be. We'll be talking Matt, and I'll be talking, and you'll have uh, your interview with the stars as well. We'll be doing that on for release on Friday. So uh, a lot of stuff going on here as we get toward week two here on the network.
0: Yeah, and people are watching and viewing this season. Numbers are up from last season. Thank you, everyone, to listening to the podcast each week. Recruiting 21, 2021, the first show, which is streaming on gbb.org slash sports, and I believe we have links on the social media platforms, did fantastic last week. My Zoom interview with Todd Holcomb. I wanted to get things started and, and get his opinion on who his stars to watch were. But this week, it's going to be Buford senior safety Jake Pope uh, well, safety go. and wide receiver. So we'll be back at it with the player interviews going forward. So looking forward to that. Um, blogs are out. John, what are you writing about this week? Your, your trip around the sun?
1: It'll be, it could be the trip around the sun, but it also could be those who wanted to start their trip around the sun and didn't get the chance to do it. And so okay. there were some teams in it that were uh, set to go in week one but didn't have the opportunity to do it for one reason or another. And obviously with COVID-19 concerns, we get to talk to Coach Rogers about that. Uh, you know, folks that had the false start. So we've got a, a lot of things to talk about with a lot of the coaches coming up in the next couple of days. And you'll be seeing those interviews coming up in the next little while uh, on uh, all of the, the GPP platforms. But uh, there's still a lot to, to tackle here when it comes to the 2021 football season. And so we'll be talking about it and everything else going on. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to catch up with folks about week one and those who didn't get the chance to have week one start week
0: one. Yep, cannot wait to hear your interviews. First game set for September 10th. We are still waiting to announce that. I don't even think we've decided yet, so we always want to pick the best game, so we've still got a little bit of time. John, thank you for being here in the studio with me. I'm so glad that I was not alone in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) This just made my whole week even better. I opened the show, so I'm going to let you close the show. Cardboard cutout, take it.
1: Once again, thanks to Commander Sandy, to Jahi the Magnificent, and King James for being a part of the show and making the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast what it is every single week. Thanks to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to like, friend, be a part of the conversation across GPB Sports Networks. It is Facebook. It is Instagram. It is Twitter. It is the YouTube channel. On your favorite podcatcher at gpb.org find the football fridays in georgia podcast with me next week it'll be back in three dimensions with hannah as always in three dimensions and with the incredible cast of folks that makes this happen every single for all of us here at gp play it safe everybody enjoy your game